Welcome to this week's Cornerstone Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and today with me are Pastor Reggie. Ding, 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 ding. I'm trying to sing the theme song at the same time as the intro music. That would be. I don't know if that's really happening. <laughs> so, Pastor Reggie and Demetrius Nathan. <laughs> yes, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Demetrius is our, dire- well, he's technically our director of music, but He's actually our director of everything these days. Yes. And as such, is pastor adjacent. That's right. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're all right. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, we're good. Uh, Dimitri, <laughs> and just to, in case, I mean, you've probably heard it on, uh, say it on the live stream, but um, just so that you know, and so that you can have an excuse to reach out and thank Demetrius again. Demetrius mm-hmm. is the, it's going to been making the team work for our live stream he's learned so much about uh, all sorts of things he had ever yeah he had, didn't know about two and a half months ago did we, you to read? i would not, not have church without him <laughs> i did not know about live streaming and how to do it and so but it now fun. but now it's it's just dialed in so anyways he, he has been working super hard and serving our church in, in that way and so super super thankful for that um, and Reggie's been working okay hard yeah um <laughs> no. relatively and even then that's a stretch probably uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and, and, and making the, yeah, the entire teamwork, it's been such a, such a blessing. But today, um, we're, we're talking, uh, I, I wanted to talk with Pastor Reggie and Demetrius in particular, because th- there's a, a lot going on in our world. Obviously, this is a very uh, unique moment for a lot of reasons. Um, obviously, the focus of a lot of people in this moment has been on the difficulties produced by COVID-19, but as... Is reminded. I think. I think that we all are reminded of a lot. The pandemic hasn't pushed pause on any of the other difficulties that exist in our world, and, and in some ways, I think has only exacerbated them. Um, and one of those significant difficulties is the perpetuation of racial tensions, racial discrimination in our city and in our country. And, and there are countless pieces of evidence of this. Um, just over Memorial Day weekend, he- headlines can be found reporting a, a youth pastor who was caught in sin and explained his presence in a particular hotel room by fa- falsely claiming that he'd been, cat quote, kidnapped by two black men. Or a woman in Florida who had drowned her autistic son but claimed that, quote, two black men had abducted him. And then, of course, I think maybe most horrifically and most on front of mind for all of us is the death of George Floyd. Um, suffocated under the knee of a Minneapolis police officer, and 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 that's not to mention the the countless other heartbreakingly similar situations, um, the killing of Ahmaud Arbery just three months ago. I mean, and the list could go on and on. And there seems to be a theme here, heartbreakingly so, mm-hmm. um, that uh, and it's a long running theme in our country of of African Americans and particularly even among that black men as the 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 targets as the the victims of this kind of injustice um and of course it's not the only kind of injustice in our country or in our world but it is a very poignant one that continues to get repeated and so just as as a couple of brothers in christ as a couple of friends as a couple of um black men yourself i we just thought it would it was a great opportunity to um, not only to talk about this but just to, to to listen to allow you guys to help lead and shepherd and um, and show the way forward for both how we think of this as Christians and also how we think of this as the church how we can uh, grow more and more towards the church that God has called us to be in his word. Um, and, and do so just from the unique perspective of your um, of your unique experiences. And so and I, I actually just I, I want to start there uh, first, I think more than anything, I, I just want to give each of you a chance as as leaders in our church family, as black men yourself, just to just to share with us and share with our church family your reaction to the death of George Floyd's uh, uh, the death of George Floyd last week. I, I mean, I think it hit. uh Everybody was a gut punch, mm-hmm. and the video is horrific. Um, but I, I, I know it, it impacts all of us differently. I'd love to hear just a little bit about, yeah, how, how it hit you um, when the news came, when uh, you saw it last week. 
Reggie, I'll let you go first. Um, thank you. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I feel like it, it, it has hit me. I mean, it happened on Monday. Um, and we're recording this on a Sunday, uh, six days after. But I feel like for the whole week, it has it's just weighed heavy on me. Not because uh, I've, I'm shocked by it, because I'm not. Not because it's unexpected, because it isn't. Uh, but I think just the combination of, I mean, you listed Ahmaud Arbery. Um, you listed th- those other examples. I think of, um, uh, and going back years, you know, Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner. Uh, there are just a really long list of, of black people who have, who have suffered in this way. So, but I feel like with each, each time something happens, it's always like frustrating and painful and anger-inducing. Um, but I feel like for me, I've always it's always the sense of like, well, of course, because this is America. And then I kind of compartmentalized that hurt and like put it away, and kind of was able to just, all right, I'm gonna just keep going. It's all good. It's okay. Like, in whatever, in various forms, God's good. God's got it. Um, Justice will be served one day in him. And, and I've just sort of been able to tamp down those, any negative feelings. But I feel like for this, just the, I think it's just the combination of the video and it being so clear. Uh, the fact that it was taking place on top of a, a global pandemic and on top of um, political unrest and uh, unease and just, just all the just there's a lot going on right now. And then to have this pile on top of that, and I had just heard about Ahmaud Arbery like just a week before, it was just like, oh, come on. And it just, all the feeling of it all was just weighing heavy on me like all week. Um, and I haven't fully been able to shake it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's like I said, it's not unexpected, but it, it still hurts and it's still, um, I'm I'm still, you know, yeah. looking for cops while I'm while I'm driving. I'm mm-hmm. still, when I'm walking the streets, it's, you know, an extra smile here or just you know, hey, it's cool, yeah. you know, all these sorts of you know, and these are things that yeah. like I'm sure, Deacon, you can speak to this too. That like, we've we're always on edge, because we're black men in America. There's always extra things we're paying attention to, yeah. but somehow this just made it even more, like visceral somehow mm-hmm. i don't know no um yeah I, I agree with everything you say reggie um and this one hit me a lot harder um i think one reason why it hit me a lot harder because i saw myself um as that yeah like i i saw myself in that picture Mm-hmm. Um, I could have easily went to the market, gave someone a twenty, not knowing it was a real twenty, um, and them accusing me of this twenty, mm-hmm. and then now they're calling the cops on me, um, and just seeing then the cops come, I'm like. Like, I just saw myself in that situation. Like, that could have easily been me. Mm-hmm. And then hearing him cry out, saying, one, he can't breathe, and then crying out for his mom. Um, and, like, seeing how this officer did not see the humanity in this man and continually put his knee in the back of his neck as he is crying out for help. Um, I just... <laughs> That like like, even as I'm talking about it, even as I've been thinking about it throughout the week, it breaks my heart. Um, it even is like a little fear, a little be, like being scared of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just have to run into one police officer that might be having a bad day, might be having a challenging time, um, and feels like I'm gonna put it out on this black man. Um, I just saw myself in George Floyd um, and like saying like that 
like how can that take place in America today? And really, yeah, broke my heart. Definitely just seeing how he did not see him as a human. Mm-hmm. He did not see him as someone in the image of God. Um, he saw him as almost trash or a villain or an animal. Like it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very disheartening. And I think that on, on, on top of all that is, I mean, it's 2020. Like I feel like, for and this is even just as a as a black man, I think kind of for everybody, most of us were not alive in the '60s. At least, um, this is a podcast. It's young, it's young people listening. <laughs> Bill Castnell, I apologize to you, sir. Uh, uh, <laughs> but I feel like yeah. for most of us, just like we know what it was like in the '60s from history books, from uh, old boot video and old movies, stuff like that. Our parents, just like our parents, and yeah. so it's just like okay, cool, yeah. Back in the day. It was fire hoses, and it was, it was like, oh, okay, for then. Yes. And it's just the idea, and again, like you said, that video was just so clearly presented that the idea that this is still happening today is yes. just like, oh, man, I thought we were past this. I mean, like, black people have been oppressed in this country for 400 years. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, that oppression has been lessened over time in terms of the overly um, overt expressions of it. Like, we are no mm-hmm. longer in shackles. Yeah, yeah. We, we, that was a yeah. reality for black people hundreds of years ago. And it's moved from that, you know, from uh, the slavery to the Civil War to Reconstruction to Civil Rights Movement. Like, there has been progress, but the fact that the underlying feeling or sentiment or behavior in terms of how black people are treated ultimately hasn't changed and i feel like that was the feeling for me of seeing that video it's just like oh yes i'm not in shackles physically anymore and thank god for that but yeah (laughs) there's still the pain there's Mm -hmm. still the that same sort of dehumanizing is still happening no like and i think even there's a double-sided to seeing that video is it's like for the first time um people outside of the black community are starting to believe us mm. starting to believe mm. people was like this is how this is what we experience it's like mm. now since you guys see it such vivid now this is when you guys want to say oh mm-hmm. what this is really <laughs> taking place like wait who knew like, this is not the first time we mentioned this yeah. like, like this is not yeah. the first time yeah. that people have raised their voices saying like there's there's injustice being done to black men particularly um, by police officers and like and it took a video to be this graphic this like clear for people like oh this is still happening in america mm-hmm. yeah that's i think it's it's really both insightful and important to recognize because i think that there's I mean, what i hear you saying too is that like the, part of this is this situation was horrific and we mourn for this man mm-hmm. in particular mm-hmm. But what makes it so additionally, gutturally significant is is the history, mm-hmm. yes. right? Is the reality that 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 this history matters, that this history um, didn't just get cut off or fixed or you know we didn't just move beyond it, but but it's still being played out. Um, I mean, I, I I'd, I'd love to get even to hear a little bit about um, <laughs> a random person just walked by the window here in our, in our everybody's <laughs> like, what's going on? Anyways. <laughs> and he was wearing a mask and everything. <laughs> fun, fun, fun podcast. Yes. <laughs> but I, I would, I would, I, I would love to hear a little bit. I'd love to he- hear you speak a little bit to the reality of that and, and why that, that history matters. Cause th- the reality is if, if the roles were different, and I, if I saw someone who looked like me in that same situation, it would be a much further leap for me to see myself there. I mean, to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I, that, that's, that's not my experience. That's not where my mind would go. And I think that there are probably a, a number of majority culture par members of our church family who uh, again like like 
hear what you're saying, but like they, they don't resonate with it individually. So I, I or personally, like I, and so I, I, I'd like to maybe expand a little bit more on that. Demetrius, you're kind of like, okay, wait, wait, finally, right? What, what's the, in your, in your head and your, in your experience, like what is, and to be explicit and not, again, not to like belabor it or, or to be pedantic, but just to, to be clear, like what is it about this that ties a thread an unbroken thread mm-hmm. in your experience to uh, the injustices of the past decades in our country. Yeah. Um, as you even asked that question, one of the pictures that someone came to mind was the Great Depression mm-hmm. and how many times we hear stories of people that were in the Great Depression and how they would hoard things and start gathering things. And you just looked at it, it's like, I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand why would people do that? Like, why would people respond that way? And then that generation got older or became some people's grandparents. And like, why is grandmother always collecting these things? Why the, like, why do they have a whole drawer full of condiments? Like, like what is this? Like, oh, they lived through the Great Depression, so they didn't have, like, they had to, like, make sure they had stuff to provide for themselves. And then now we're going through a pandemic as a country and we're experiencing the same trauma mm-hmm. um, not just as a country but as the world um, and we're going to come out on the other side of doing things that the next generation are going to look back and it's like why does our grandparents why do our parents like why do these people have so much toilet paper toilet paper sanitized <laughs> like why are they always like why are they doing things this way yeah, yeah, yeah. like why do they carry themselves differently mm-hmm. um, and if you think about that, that is how the black community is still experiencing mm. just the many decades, the many centuries of experiencing racism, where it is a trauma of a community experience that and where you hear the stories of your grandparents, you hear the stories of your parents experiencing racism, and then you get bits and pieces of racism and like, oh, I people view me differently because my skin tone. Like I am, they don't see me as an equal, like, but then some people fear me more because I'm black. Mm. It's like, wait a minute. Like, (laughs) so I have to now as in the black community, we have two faces. Mm. We have Mm. our, tell me about that. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Our two faces. So one face is the face that we have when we are with those that we feel comfortable, safe with, particularly around our family, around our black community, where we are able to just be ourselves and just be able to interact freely, have jokes, be able to say things and be able to just respond to things differently. And then I have my, what I call my white face, (laughs) is that face that I have to put on to make the majority culture feel comfortable around me, Mm -hmm. to feel safe around me, Mm. to feel like I belong. to not feel threatened. Yeah, like, like to not feel threatened, mm-hmm. to say, I am professional. Mm-hmm. Like, like I do belong here. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I got, like, I have my degrees. I have, like, and so, yes, I belong with you. I belong, like, and I don't want to put you in any situation where you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that is always <laughs> something that we have learned to do um, within the black culture is having the two faces. Um, Which is sad. so messed up. Yeah. Like if you if, <laughs> if you really think about it, the idea that and you're right, that like that's just what black people do. I feel like we are so used to having to do that. And the idea that we have to do that <laughs> is ridiculous. It is. It's like why I can't just no, your very presence either makes that person feel uncomfortable, it makes that person think less of you. Mm-hmm. It make like it has so many levels and layers and things about it that it's just like let me break free from that feeling like i don't want to be viewed as less than i don't want you to be threatened by me i'd rather just be me (laughs) you know but like okay let me make you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and i will speak this way and walk this way and do these things so that you don't freak out Yes. By my existence. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, yeah, so I can't. No, that's no. that's that's real. That's real talk. No, I, I can have a story about when my freshman year, 
freshman year in college, um, I had a good friend growing up, and we were very close. And I remember us coming to the end of our, like, my freshman year in college. And I asked him, like, I used to do a self-inventory. And I asked him, I was like, hey, how have I changed in the past year? And he's like, and I, like I'll say, this, like, that past year, I felt a lot more comfortable. I felt more like, okay, I can just be me. And I'm just going to, like, say what I think, like, do what I do, and just be me. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, Demetrius, you seem to be more black. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait a minute, time out. I seem to be more black. Oh man! And like, and like, he was, he was like, oh, like, yeah. It seemed like you were like, but like, he was like shocked. He's like, yeah, like, uh, you seem more black than how you were before. I was like, oh, that is, like, that is a sad reality of like. Mm-hmm. That would not been the thing I thought. Has was changed. Was changing. Yeah, changing yeah. through that year, but that is what <laughs> he saw as changing. And I love the guy. Like, 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 and he was oh, very yeah. innocent. And you're like, like I, I really thought I became more like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I was shooting for. <laughs> right? but... Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Reggie. it's so. And the thing is, you sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. You know, and it's mm-hmm. just like, I'm so used to making other people feel comfortable. And it's just like I had a moment this week where I was just like, mm. I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Like, because I I am that dude who like and it's funny because part of it sounds Christian as a <laughs> thing to do too, you know? Because it's just like, oh man, think about this as more significant than yourself. Uh, blah, blah, and, and you're trying to apply it, but like I will walk into elevators. I have walked into enough elevators with old white ladies and watched that hand go to that purse like nobody's business. It's happened enough times where it's just like I will walk in and I will give her the biggest smile I possibly can mm-hmm. just to disarm her. And I've done it and watched the hand drop. Oh, OK. I'm, I'm OK. Yes. It's one of the good ones. Yes. I'll yeah. give the smile like, and sometimes even start humming classical music. Yo, like, I just. Yep. Yep. Like it Whistling is ridiculous. Vivaldi. I, like, I just. I yeah. want to show you I'm cultured. Yep. Like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so sad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So sad. So. So what what is the what is the difference then between like an appropriate consideration of others and recognizing mm-hmm. um, uh, re- recognizing the the way in which it's it's ch- kind of just like a cultural appropriation, um, mm-hmm. right? Like and and uh, and maybe there's not an answer to that, mm-hmm. like right? Like m- maybe it's a it, maybe the difference is that there's a difference between doing it out of a let me let me take a stab at this maybe there's a difference out of doing it out of a love for Christ and say right like saying like I I am so enamored myself. by God's love that I do, yeah and feeling like I have to to get by mm-hmm. or I have to to survive or I have to to be accepted right like I mean it, like mm-hmm. it, does that Uh, pass. Okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, no, I, that's cool. That's like, cool. I don't, we can move on. But I like it's the kind of thing where I genuinely I I don't know because I feel like I think you're exactly right. There is a difference, and mm-hmm. the one you should do, if in the name of Christ you are looking yeah. to well, love others. But there's there's also a difference between like serving and caring for others, right? And just like putting and, on. Oh yeah, a yeah, face. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Like those are, those, and so I, no, I don't want to sure. conflate the two. For I, sure, I, I, for my, sure. my my question actually might be conflating the two, and so that might be the problem to start with mm. uh it might be a problematic question that mm. way but i think uh yeah i mean i think there, there, yeah. there's a fundamental difference yeah be- between the two. Oh, that's a that's a hard one um because as even reggie mentioned um you get tired like mm. it is tiring and particularly being a black man, a part of the white evangelical, evangelical mm-hmm. world. Well, yeah, no, yeah. Um, you, in many ways, something that I've been learning in the past few years is that often what I've been doing was being a peacekeeper 
and not being a peacemaker. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, hmm. I did not want to cause dissension and so therefore I would continually show grace or like take that burden on myself um, because I didn't want to cause conflict Um, but what I was doing was holding two opposing ideas away from each other instead of bringing them to the table to have reconciliation Mm. Um, and if the reconciliation was going to take place it was going to be on my shoulders to make it take place Mm. um because as I mentioned earlier, like this is the first time I feel like people believe us, hmm. believe our stories and believe our experience, hmm. um, or at least looking, willing to pull back the curtain a little bit and saying, could this be really true? Yeah. Um, because before it's like, ah, we're in 2020. Like things have changed. Things are not like the sixties. Hmm. Like, I am thankful that I live in America, like in America. Mm -hmm. I am thankful I live in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is a crazy reality that's still in the United States that if I see a white person, I do not call them a European American. (laughs) Um, But you can see someone and call them Asian American. You can call someone, see someone say they're African American. Um, There's all these different distinctions of what type of American they are. Mm -hmm. But if you are American, white i'm putting air quotes up you can't like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you are american Mm -hmm. it's like wait a minute um what Mm -hmm. makes you be able to just say american now i have to distinguish that i'm not the same type of american as you Mm -hmm. um and that happens even when it goes to on the church level is where hey i'm saying myself as an american there's some injustice taking place because the shade of my skin because of my skin color Mm. um i'm experiencing the world differently and it's like, uh, we don't see color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like, wait, you don't see color. <laughs> like, that is part of who I am. That is part of the world I live in. Like, that's part of my experience. And so. Well, not only that, it's yeah. just like, it's just literally your eyesight. Like, why are you trying to act like my skin is not darker than yours? Like, yes. That is just a factual, physical mm-hmm. reality. Not an opinion, not a way of thing. That's just the way it is. And yes. like, I know where it comes from, where the idea of like, I don't see color is meant to convey. I don't view myself as different than you. Yes. We are equal and that kind of thing. <laughs> but that is not what it conveys because it's it's erasing. Yes. It's, it's erasing. It is not what it conveys, but also it makes you don't see all of me mm-hmm. like mm. like you are saying since I'm colored I I don't see that you're black wait I am black and I have a black experience mm. um, like I I experience the world differently than you do and therefore can you listen to me just listen to me mm-hmm. like when I experience things and when I'm having a hard time don't disregard it but yeah. be there with me and so um, that's something that particularly when I hear that phrase or when I see people just interacting that way and saying, man, race should not like, man, let's just go straight to the gospel and race is not something that we should talk about. It's like, wait a minute. Like if you see a brother in pain, if you see a brother hurting, you're supposed to come alongside them. And yes, the gospel speaks into that, but you need to hear their story. You need to hear what they're going through. You need to hear the trauma they they have experienced. Mm. You just can't disregard and saying, Hey, one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the gospel's much deeper. Like the gospel's much deeper than sometimes we allow it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's so interesting because I, I, there's a part of me that wants to dive deeper into that, but I think there's uh, there may be a the reality is I think when you even when you first say like the white your your experience in the white evangelical church, I think there's a lot of people who are like what the white evangelical church? I thought there was just the evangelical church, right? <laughs> like, like what, 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 what do you mean? Um, and I think that that leads to a, right. That that's, that that's based on that, a same just kind of latent assumption of colorblindness. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's what I was, that's what I was raised to sure. believe. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was taught was socially progressive and like the right enlightened way to think. 
Like I, I, it absolutely is. Like that's how I was raised, right? That colorblind is the answer, mm -hmm. and like and don't see color. And so and so the, and I, and I it it you know I don't know. I mean it's probably only been in the last ten years that the Lord helped open my eyes to see the reality of the denial of the experience, mm -hmm. right? That 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 is, and the denial of your experience that is. And, and I think in a similar way when we think of the evangelical church just as simply the evangelical church I don't mm -hmm. think of it as a, as a majority culture um, experience we we miss what it's what it means to live in that and and I think a product of that is exactly what you said Demetrius is us wanting to jump over in, in a quote-unquote the race issue mm -hmm. right because like, look we're all one in Christ now yes. so I don't know why we're still talking about this let's jump over that and get to the gospel mm -hmm. uh, where it's actually in reverse. The reality is the truth and the depth of the gospel doesn't skip over, quote unquote, the race issue, but it speaks more deeply to it than any other hope. Mm -hmm. right? At least, well, it should. <laughs> in, yes. in Jesus, it does. Mm -hmm. Right. In scripture, mm -hmm. it absolutely does. And, and I think there's a lot of places people look to for hope in the midst of these kind of just injustices and, and, and difficulties. I mean, can, can you guys speak maybe to why the gospel of Jesus Christ is the ultimate hope for racial injustice? Like what, how does the gospel give us hope in this and not simply make us say, you know what, this is, the, the world really is messed up and there's no hope. And so let's just, you know, try to live it out best we can. Like why, 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 does, why does the gospel give us, if the gospel gives us hope, why, mm. why does it? How much time do you have? <laughs> uh, no, it, I think this past week and even past few months, I think has helped to make that more and more clear, even for me. Jesus Christ is our only hope. That's not hyperbole. That's not, you know, a nice way of putting something or sounds good. That is a fact period and i think that the embracing of jesus christ is our only hope um obviously it is is obviously important but speaks directly to racial injustice because of like i was just saying that like it's been 400 years and fundamentally like at the bottom that that sin is still there we have not been able to root out the sin of racism ourselves through a war, through legislation, through social programs, through and all of those things were good. I'm glad that all of those things happened. But it's 2020 and George Floyd, Floyd still died the way he died. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you? Shouldn't that tell you? Not that we shouldn't be doing all those other things and using them for what they can, but they are a support to the foundation that is Jesus Christ. He is it. Otherwise, there's there's no hope. If you don't have Jesus, you will not have healing racial for racial injustice. Period. Mm -hmm. You won't. And and it's the thing I was the other thing I was thinking about when you, you were talking is just the idea of the actually unique position because racism is an issue all over the world in various uh, forms. But what we have in America is a unique opportunity to reflect what we are going to have for eternity in Revelation. Mm -hmm. Revelation 5 speaks to all tongues, tribes, peoples, nations from everywhere all gathered together to worship the Lord. And we have people from all different tongues, tribes, people, nations yes. here in America. Mm -hmm. Like, what a gift. China doesn't have that. J Japan doesn't have that. Nigeria doesn't have that. Th there's... And nothing against those nations. It's just that those people have predominantly Chinese, predominantly Japanese, predominantly Nigerian um, people. So we have a unique opportunity to reflect heaven. And the only way we do that in the here and now is through Jesus Christ as the ultimate hope and through everyone clinging to him, to him for a true, deep, and abiding um, reconciliation and hope and being led through that. No, um, and I think you bring out a great point, Reggie, is that the United States 
has a unique identity and situation than any other country. Um, we are a diverse nation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we aren't a mono-ethnic nation. Sometimes we may function that way, mm-hmm. um, but we are not. Um, like, w- one thing, racism is right there in our front door because we are continually rubbing shoulders with people from different races. Mm-hmm. Um, we're continually living a life with people that have different experiences and different backgrounds. And that's something that's beautiful about our country, but that's something that also us as a country we need to understand. It's like with that beauty, there's some there's a lot of ugliness mm-hmm. as well with that um, because we are actually faced with the reality of saying, how do we speak into this? And particularly us as a church, um, it was, I believe George Bush said, um, and I'm pretty sure others said, mm-hmm. have said this, that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. Oh, yeah, that's been said. That's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is a sad reality in the mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. particularly in America, mm-hmm. like, and particularly in communities that are diverse, mm-hmm. like, where there's mono-ethnic churches. It's such, like, as you mentioned, revelation. <laughs> Every tribe, tri- like, that is a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. Um and we as a church should be able to be an example to the world of what that looks like. And like Jesus, even in his inauguration speech, I always say this is his inauguration speech when he <laughs> comes out of the wilderness and he opens up the scroll and he just says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord forever. And that is where I find my hope is <laughs> Jesus said he's came to set the captive free, to give sight to the blind, to heal those things that are broken. Like that's the beauty of the gospel. And that is the power that we have as a church is to be able to go and say the one who saved us, the one who called us, the one who we are united with. We are also called to do these same things mm-hmm. um, that this is. Like, if we can't do it as a church, how do we expect the world to do it? Mm-hmm. Like, if the church cannot be a place that brings people from different backgrounds together and, un- and that we are united because who we are in Christ and be able to speak in- into each other's lives from our different experiences, how do we expect the world to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, and so, like, I can only have hope in this. Like, I, I can only have hope in what Jesus has done. Um, and knowing that Jesus is on the throne, like, because without that, oh, it would be so hard. Like, I, like I'll be very, anger would be something that would be probably always there on the back, in the background, hmm. um, mm-hmm. stewing, mm-hmm. um, because of the injustice I've seen, the injustice friends have experienced, the injustice that my parents experienced, and like, just even that, even the aspect of pity on the two faces. Uh-huh. It's like, like, it'll cause anger because like, why do I have to be different? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I just be me? And why can't you just accept me for being me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to, to maybe just before we wrap, I, I'd love to hear even just a, a bit about that from each of you, just how you've seen the gospel bring about genuine transformation, how, how you've seen, because I, I think there's a lot of ways in which we could say that, the church has a ways to go. I mean, the church mm-hmm. as a whole <laughs> has a ton of ways to go. I think we as a church family still have a ways to go, right? We're, we're not perfect. We're mm-hmm. continuing to grow and we're continuing to, to strive to do that together. Um, but at, how have you seen the church manifest that that Christ-likeness towards one another? E- either, either, and then maybe it's just in your heart, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's in... Uh, those around you, maybe it's in you know the, the larger church, maybe it's just in an in, 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 in individual interaction. Um, what does what does that look? Like? I'm gonna kind of put you on the spot, but I don't know. I think that even just the nat- I think about the nature of sanctification itself. And the nature of being in right relationship with God and seeking him in his word and in prayer and allowing the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out. And just 
all of the ways in which that looks. We don't have to add fix racism to sanctification. Mm. We don't have to add social injustice to sanctification. God's already all about that. That's part of him making you look more like Christ is the attending to that. So um, I don't know. So in, in some measure, I think that I guess I'll, at least I'll just speak for our church family just because it's where I worship and mm. it's, it's where I'm at. Whether this is true of the church at large, I'm not as sure or can't be as sure. But I feel like as people have more and more of a right understanding of who God is truly beyond culture, beyond um, uh, time, beyond wherever your own sensibilities of who he is from tradition or, or, or your own history, just really knowing God based on what he says about himself and his word. As you know that more and more and grow in him more and more, you can't not be changed. You can't not grow. You can't not um, see things differently such that so specifically for, you know, issues of race or whatever, it would be that as you grow in Christ, when you hear a person of color make a, uh, express a claim or, or, or um, say some kind of hurt or, or injustice they've experienced, and if you were in, and you're in the majority culture, if your impulse is to say, you know, like, eh, I don't know, I think that, uh, you know, which it's the easy thing for majority culture to do is I mean, I hear of, what you're saying. But, yeah. But but I think that exactly. <laughs> so, well done. Well that was done. a wow. great majority in culture impersonation, Scott. Well done. Have you done that before? Scott? <laughs> <laughs> But like oh, that's man. that's what <laughs> happens. Often. I know, and, but, and I think that's a very natural thing mm. for someone in majority culture to do. But I feel like as someone in majority culture who grows closer and closer to, to Jesus, mm-hmm. by that happening, by the nature of that happening, then when that when someone else says something, it's ra- that thought might still come. But before you let it escape your mouth, you think that oh, I need to be slow to speak, mm. quick, quick quick to, li- to listen That's I need to think of others as more significant than myself mm. like actually mm-hmm. and just as God's word drives itself deeper into your heart it changes you as major- as someone in the majority culture and it changes you as someone in the minority culture because yeah. there's so much hurt that's built up there's so much anger and you can allow that to to control you and to dictate things and I was just doing devotions with my kid the other kids the other night and and we had that verse in Ephesians. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. I love that verse so much. That verse is for black people. Because the verse does not say, you're a Christian. Don't be angry. Don't let the sun go down. Don't da da da. No. That verse says, be angry. Be angry. Like the Lord is angry at sin. Oh. So that means anger can't be in and of itself a bad thing. So black folk, be angry. You, you have good reason. There is a serious injustice that's being done, mm-hmm. but it says be angry and do not sin. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that beautiful balance um, is something that minority culture can take. And it's just like, okay, be angry. Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Yeah. Use that as a means of loving your brother or sister to show them how, that they, can, how they can better love you and how you can better live in harmony as, as God's church, as his family. Yeah. And I'm glad you. I love the book of Ephesians. Oh my gosh, it's such yeah. a beautiful and rich oh. book. And like, e- like even as you say that, I was looking at Ephesians four and just mm. the beginning of Ephesians mm-hmm. four, where it says, "In all humility and gentleness, be patient and bear with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit, um, in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, and um, that belongs to your call." One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And just realize, like, as we're in this time, uh, like, the beauty of the church is that we are called to bear with one another in patience. And some, uh, like, like, that patience is very important because 
you can't rush the process. Mm-hmm. You have to walk with the person mm-hmm. in gentleness. Um, and I am like, I'm going to talk about like the question that you asked Scott, um, particularly my experience here is it has been refreshing um, to be at a church where my blackness is seen as beautiful, Mm. um, but at the same time, not as token. Mm. Um, Mm. Like where it's like, oh, your experience, who you are, you bring something to the church and we want to learn from you. And we want to partner with you. And we want, like, we see ourselves as one united body. And so for us to be the body, you have a uniqueness and a beauty that brings something to the body that the body needs. And that is something that is encouraging to me. It says, okay, how do now do, how do I walk out in that? Like, and not just seeing, like, it's not just tokenism. Um, because that is something I've experienced a lot in churches is mm-hmm. where, hey, look, we're a diverse church. We got Demetrius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, Yes, I was going to say something that I shouldn't, but yeah. <laughs> but it's like, wait a minute, like, not like, no, like, mm-hmm. but like, there's something that has been refreshing of seeing the pastor, seeing members of the church really wanting to get to know me for me and also get to know me with my experience and even um, the things that I have not been happy with um, or the things that from a black perspective, I'm able to bring and say, oh, that is something that is new. That's something refreshing. That's something that, man, like we can learn from this. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I think has helped, particularly healing of saying, man, like they see the different members of the body. They see their giftedness and they aren't <clears throat> just trying to use me for a picture in a catalog mm-hmm. or a brochure. Um, to, I say that because I was used that way mm-hmm. at a particular school, but I will not talk about it. <laughs> um, but it's like, oh, they saw me. Like they weren't exploiting me. They weren't exploiting my blackness. Um, but they saw it as something that is valuable. And the thing that's so interesting about that, because I feel like I've had the same experience here. Like I'm a pastor of this church. I'm the only black pastor of this church. And rather than that, be oh tokenism. Get the get. Let's get a black pastor. Just like that's never been the point. Mm-hmm. That's n- I am not a pastor at this church because this church wanted to have a black pastor because it look cool. It's never had one. Wow, history. Oh, pat back pat back pat self back yes. pat. Like that's that's not what was happening. It's at the end of the day, we see Christ in you, mm-hmm. and we want more of that. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes because it's so interesting because then it becomes yes, you're black. And rather than it being a token thing, it being a cool, not like, how can that, how can we gain from that? How can we be blessed by that mm-hmm. instead of using it to basically using it to make you look, make yourself look good? Yes. You know? Yeah. So, no, I totally, I totally feel that. Mm. Man, it's so, it's so encouraging in a lot of ways to hear. I mean, and I, I'm, I mean, I, I know as as friends, right, that that's been our our, our experience and our interaction. But I also I think it's encouraging to hear as a church, um, and at, at the same time, I think that there's there, there's still a part of me. Actually, I was as as you were talking to, I was I was thinking of wrapping things up just with a question, like asking you to tell me what I could do to you know better to like help you to, to love you which which is which is kind of like that um you know, it's kind of like when when you got a friend that's struggling and you just like text him and say hey let me know if you need anything yeah. right it's like dude I, I i'm struggling like i'm like i'm i don't know like what, what do you mean let me know if you need anything like i don't know what i need like whatever like what's helpful is like what i wish is you knew what i needed hmm. right which what i wish is you knew me well enough to bring dinner over or to you know just c- come take the kids for a while or to come like you know fix something for me wh- whatever it is um to just sit and talk with me for a bit because you know that's what i need and so instead of asking instead of asking you <laughs> to tell me let, 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 let me just let, i mean just even as we talk let me just offer maybe a few of the things that 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 i've that i've heard and that have come to my mind and you guys can you know add to or take away from that but I think to start that what 
what it reminds me is, and, and I could speak for, you know, uh, swaths of the church or whatever. I'm just going to speak about me. Like, I'm just going to speak about, like, for mm. me, it reminds me of, number one, how carefully and patiently and intentionally God is calling me to listen. Um, I think, to, to, to your point, Demetrius, I, I think uh, for anyone who George Floyd's death is like, Oh, oh, that's what you're talking about, right? Like for anyone who like a light bulb may have like gone on, um, I think that's an opportunity to say, well, wait, but there's a whole lot else to listen to, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, and so I, th- I think, and so I, and I think in, in, in listening, I hear, I hear a couple of dynamics here. One is listen, like I, I want to listen both for the common aspects of the black experience or other minority experiences, the common but also I want to listen to the individual experience of each person I'm listening to, right? Where, yes. where, where, where I'm taking into consideration the black experience, but also not like just painting with a broad brush, even just the, both of you, like you've mm-hmm. had the same experience mm-hmm. or that you think the same way or that you have the same convictions or the same things bother you or the same thing, right? Like, so listening both informed by the broad, but listening interpersonally and, and, and allowing it to be an open door to knowing a person, not knowing a people group or <laughs> not knowing a, a race, but knowing, a, knowing people. So listening. And, and secondly, as a part of listening, trusting. I think there's a benefit of the doubt. I think there's a benefit of the doubt that we tend, we all, I think it's just humans. I think there's a benefit of the doubt we tend to give people like us. When we can relate to someone's experience, we give them the benefit of the doubt. We more easily trust their, because we're like, oh, oh yeah, like I have, I have an understanding that validates what you're saying. And, <laughs> but I think, I think love, particularly, especially in the church, doesn't just listen, but also trusts, gives the benefit of the doubt, hears and says, well, wait, uh, man, if, if that conflicts with how I view the world, if that conflicts with how uh, my experience is, then that means, that doesn't mean I reject you or stop listening. That means I need to listen more. Hmm. Right? That means, that means I, need, I need to wrestle through this and consider this more. And I think, um, and, and in that listening, then considering what's actually most needed, right? And this is where Philippians 2 does come in, right? Considering others, more significant than yourself yes. and how you serve and how you love. Um, this is why Jesus had such a heart for the marginalized in any sense, right? Because mm-hmm. he, he wanted to show that the, the love of Jesus is a love that he, I mean, he was in heaven. He was perfect, right? And he, and he met people where they were at in their experience and conveyed his love and the love of God to them in that moment. To where they were at and i think we then instead of thinking of ourselves like we've got this figured out like we we need to consider others more significant than ourselves and that's what the church is mm-hmm. right that's what god designed the church to be um and not impose that simply on uh people who have to live that way in the culture anyways mm-hmm. right but but step into it together and, and therefore patiently love one another and by patiently love one another, I, I, d- I again don't mean that in like large swaths, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a temptation. I mean, there's a temptation even in me to be like, okay, I should try to love black men better. When <laughs> the grocery store clerk stares back at you blankly, <laughs> sir, please keep it moving. Yeah, not like, but I, what God's calling me to, right, is to love you, Reggie, mm-hmm. like intentionally to to patient love you Demetrius to patiently love the people the Lord's placed in my life and to be intentional uh, with those he's even maybe put around me that I I might neglect habitually but love proactively because Mm -hmm. of the proactive love that 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 Christ has shown me so I mean those are my thoughts Mm -hmm. uh, take away is that is that fair? For sure. I think that, like, the, the thing that Demetrius just, just read, Ephesians. First of all, like, homework for everybody listening. Go read Ephesians, and then when you're done, read it again. Uh, it, there's so much It's about this. Here. It really is. It's like, about it, the gospel applied to exactly you, what like, we're talking about. Absolutely. One in Christ, unity in his body, like, all of that. Yes. And, and it's 
we I think when we read Ephesians and we're like Jews, Gentiles, oh, okay, so it's Jewish people, and for all of us who you know aren't Jewish, so we're all the same. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so there's like basically there's my wife on the one side and everybody else <laughs> in our church. It can be you know so so and it's just like no that that's not. I feel like instead, obviously in Ephesians two, it is talking about like the idea of Christ coming. Uh, for God's people, the chosen ones of the Jews and the Gentiles. So there is that. But I almost feel like we need to view oneness in Christ and unity, not Jew-Gentile, but think of it along racial lines. Think of it along the lines of any human being who is different from you in any way. Yeah. Find out what that is, embrace it, love it. And the thing is, the, the part of Ephesians that Demetrius just read in chapter 4, um, you know, uh, it talks about, you know, walk in a manner worthy of the calling, you know, with all humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager yes. to maintain yeah. the unity of the spirit, mm-hmm. not trying to maintain, yeah. eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. Like that means there's an effort that's required on your part to make it happen. And I think we have in us this sense of just like, if things are, if it's working, it's just going to happen like magic. It's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. And <laughs> I don't have to do It's like, no, 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 no. There's work you're gonna have to do to make this a reality. There's work. So, yeah. Yeah. nah. Um, there's work, and even in that is looking at how each race brings something beautiful to the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like each person to experience brings something beautiful to the church. Um, and so get to know me as Demetrius, um, but mm-hmm. also get to know me as a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, like. My blackness brings something beautiful to the church, mm-hmm. um, just as my brothers and sisters from different races bring something beautiful to the church. And like, I need to see them as an individual, but also see like, man, like their experience, their journey, like the way they view the world is something that God has done something unique in that that I want to learn from. Like, like it allows me to see the beauty of who God is by experiencing these different people from different backgrounds. And it's like, why is there so many times it's like tribe trunk? Like why, why, why does it, why does revelation show that? It's like, yeah. why does it matter? Like, why does it matter? Like, why don't you say, Oh, like, but it's like, there's something beautiful about all these people from different mm-hmm. backgrounds, mm-hmm. from different experiences coming united underneath one Lord, mm. one savior. It is not because Jesus is white. And it's not because all of them came underneath this, like, I'm about to go off. But, the, <laughs> <laughs> but, it's like, but it's like, because he's one Lord, like, we are all created in the image of God. Yeah. And the beauty of that, again, because it's, yeah, it's not like, because Jesus is white. And when we get to heaven, everybody will, will, will attain to the whiteness to which you were like, no, that, that's, not, that's not the idea. It's every tongue, tribe, people, and nation. It's all of that. And, and even, this is the beauty of the complexity of God and who he is, such that even if you just take black people, Demetrius is a black man versus Reggie's a black man. There's going to be differences there yes. versus John Moss and his experience as a black man versus Skinner Myers and his uh, experience. And like, even within that, there's a commonality in terms of being black in America, but mm-hmm. there's so many different experiences. Yes. If your family's from the South versus your family's from the Caribbean versus your family comes from Africa directly versus, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's so much different or from Europe or from so many different places. There's so many differences of experience, even just within the one race of, mm-hmm. of African descent, yeah. let alone all the different. I mean, talk to Pastor Jose about this mm-hmm. and, and because of course in Espanol and oh my gosh, the Mexican versus Guatemalan versus like different parts of Mexico. Like there's so much diversity. And as a result, there's so much beauty. Yeah. So rather yeah. than oh, see it as, is. oh man, that's so much work. Oh, there's so much just like you are missing out on beauty yes mm. yes go enjoy what god has made yes mm. <laughs> so good so, so good and so true they, they, well thank you guys both for taking the time yeah. to yeah. have the conversation i mean do we win the record as the longest podcast i, think I don't know we this might. Might, at some point there might be like a you know part two I don't know. <laughs> well i mean and, and, and i'm sure that, i mean i'm sure this isn't the the last time we'll talk about yes. this no yes. I, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm also sure it's, i'm also sure it's not the last time we'll talk about other things mm-hmm. <laughs> too, yes. but I, I, I'm thankful for both of you. I'm thankful for your willingness to just share about this, to, to lead us forward in this. I'm, I'm thankful for your friendship uh, for your uh, patience with me that this, the, in, in, in over just the 
the dynamic, I mean, the mm. years of our relationships yes. um, and the ways that God continues to grow in all of us. I think that there's, he is growing all of us. This is right, Ephesians. He, he's growing all of us into the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. And I am uh, spurred on towards that end uh, by our friendship and by the work that the Lord's doing here mm-hmm. in our midst. And so I'm thankful mm-hmm. for that. I'm thankful for you guys. And um, yeah, and it's, I, hopefully, I think for all of us, it, it leads us to both uh, listen, interact, and even pray maybe more focusedly, more intentionally, more proactively, especially in moments like this when the world is hurting, hmm. the hope is Jesus. Uh, but in order to deliver Jesus to the pain of the world, we, we have to see the pain. Mm-hmm. We have to see the need. We have to know it so that we can uh, apply it in all in all this way. So thank you guys. Thank you for, thanks for listening. And we'll see you one way or another on Sunday.